I have a meditation chair. It's balcony row CC, seat 19. Oh, if you didn't know, I work for a theater. Early in the mornings, theaters are empty and gently lit and desert quiet thanks to really good soundproofing. This year, I've been arriving at work early so that I can take advantage of the generous calm the vacant theater provides. I've been spending 10, 15, 20 minutes sitting in that balcony chair before my workday begins, focusing my breath and my body, trying out some loving-kindness mantras, letting myself feel the emotions and sensations that arise, and then taking notice as they fade and pass. In just a few short months, meditation has transformed from this weird, woo-woo, psycho-spiritual, not-for-me thing into a ritual that my body absolutely craves. This morning really revealed how potent that transformation has been. I'd missed the past few days. I didn't take the time to meditate over the weekend, and then yesterday it was just one of those, oh, I'll get to it days. I keep hitting snooze on my calendar reminder as I jump from task to never-ending task. And yes, I have a calendar alert to remind me to meditate because transformation. So when I finally took my place in seat 19, balcony row CC, it had been like four or five days since my last practice. And my body quite literally jumped at the chance to tell me how much it needed this. Almost immediately after my eyes closed and the voice of my meditation guide sounded from my earbuds, my whole body just constricted, convulsed, and simply began to weep. And that was a new one. Heretofore, my body had remained entirely still during meditation, with the exception of a few times that I just had to scratch that recurring itch on my shoulder blade. But today, I think my body needed to communicate something very important to my mind, which was, don't you fucking dare make me wait that long ever again before you spend time with me. The same thing happened early last year as I began to practice yoga for the first time. I thought I might be experiencing anxiety attacks when my gut would seize up during shavasana, which is the several minutes at the end of yoga practice when you just lie there. And I did everything I could to keep from open mouth bawling in this room full of strangers. And then later, in later sessions, the crying would start immediately, like in the very first pose. Place one hand on your heart and another on your low belly, the instructor would say. And, oh my God, My body was so starved for attention from me that this simple physical act of acknowledgement, here is my heart, here is my gut, elicited what I thought was truly an extreme overreaction, except it wasn't. It was the last gasp of a body deprived of a lifetime of care. And in retrospect, That reaction makes all the sense in the world. I went 36 years before even considering meditation. And for the record, evangelical prayer absolutely does not count, at least not the performative supplication and worship in which I was trained. But now, having given my body a taste of what's possible with a well-formed centering practice, it simply craves more. I'm still so very much a novice, But each day that I come back to it, I find myself disappointed when those 20 minutes are up. 
Four months ago, the prospect of sitting still for 20 minutes without a phone or a Netflix show in front of me was intimidating, to say the least. And today, it feels like just a small sip of water in the wasteland. It's a gratitude I can feel in my bones. To give myself the kindnesses of calm and reflection and noticing and acknowledgement and listening. I've seldom felt a type of thankfulness that literally shakes me. It's profound and life-changing. And maybe just a little bit sad that I'm only just now beginning to give myself these kindnesses. So, perhaps you've heard rumors of the benefits of meditation, but it's always seemed inaccessible, too weird or too time-consuming, just not compelling enough. Not for you. And to you, I say, me too, friend, for most of my life. Here's what I know. You have a body of some sort. You probably have all kinds of feelings about it. Some that you overindulge in and others that you refuse to let yourself speak or even think. Maybe you've treated your body like a car that moves you from place to place and helps you run errands. Maybe you've settled into the role of symbiont with your body, a little tit-for-tat setup. Maybe you're just along for the ride, following any and all fleeting impulses the body presents. And I just named those examples because they might be a few that I have lived in. But what meditation practitioners tell us, and what I've been learning firsthand, is that there is a deeper level of awareness that we can aspire to when it comes to our embodied lived experience. An awareness in which we can train ourselves to better process feelings, to better care for ourselves, and to vastly improve the connection and response between the mind and the body. It's powerful stuff. And that is why we're kicking off season three of Heathen Podcast, talking to our friend Matthew Mitchell who ends our conversation with this beautiful guided meditation. I'm so excited to introduce you to this man. And this episode is just a straight-up gift from Karen and me to you. And you'll see what I mean, and you're welcome. I mean, we barely needed to be there uh, as hosts, you guys. Matthew Mitchell has, as he says at one point in our conversation, the gift of gab. And thank goodness, he also has a voice with a tone and a cadence that you can just sink into. And if those things aren't enough, he spends this hour plus with us dropping so much wisdom in the most eloquent, off-the-cuff phrasing I've ever heard. For instance, phrases like, unvarnished, unpremeditated expression of life. A loved and undefended place. Freedom from the plagues of basic-ass struggle and the base note of selfhood. I mean, you got the base note of selfhood. Matthew is living it, though. It's truly one of the most powerful conversations I've had the pleasure to be a part of, and I can't wait to set you loose into it. One more super quick thing before I do, though. I just want to give you a heads up about a moment that comes about a third of the way through the conversation that might sound like or feel like an interruption. And you might think I forgot to edit out this moment 
And I'm only telling you about it now so that you don't fast forward through this spot. We intentionally left it in. And you'll see why, as it turns out, to be one of the most beautiful, living, breathing, unscripted examples of the principle of presence that Matthew is talking us through. It's this ritual of kindness I feel so honored to have witnessed, and I'm so excited that you also get to hear it, and I think we can all learn something beautiful from it. So that's it. That's my introduction. Those are my thoughts on meditation. Take them or leave them, and I'm going to send you on your way into this cozy blanket of a conversation, my wonderful heathen friends. Spiritual Conversations for the Godless. I'm Matthew Blake. And I'm Karen Thurston. Welcome to Heathen. I mean, yes, but we do this every time, and it's an exercise in futility. Yeah, but it's sure, not futile, <laughs> mostly. Karen, what volume are you going to speak at? Well, probably this one, and then also this one, and somewhere <laughs> in the middle, and it's going to be fine, and you're going to still love me at the end of it anyway. Yeah. Do do do. How about this? Thank you. Perfect. Oh boy. <laughs> this is going to be a great picture. Feel free. Here you go, bud. I'm ready to podcast, you guys. And I'm ready. Ready. Oh, are we like recording already? Well, oh yeah, it's been we on. We're always recording. Has it been already. on? Really? It's been on. Oh. <laughs> you with you? that in your hand and that posture is you on a blankie? Listen. <laughs> <laughs> you were so you were getting your like Larry King on right now so hard. I was doing Larry King, I'd be like this. Yeah, yes, it totally. Um I love it. <laughs> we're being a lot photographed of right now. I know. I'm acting natural. Yes, do that. Acting natural. Mm. Like, oh, okay, hold on. No, I, need, I need, like, drums this time. Remember I had drums? Oh, yeah. Did you guys, we were supposed to talk bring about us in, Bring us in with some drums. Okay. That's all too, like, rhythmic and, like, we're about to have a seance. We no, could I just was, do, like... We were all going to start gonna sing. when I was a teenager. <laughs> Hi, heathens! <laughs> uh, so it begins. And it begins. Here, well, let's close the door. So begins season three of Heathen Podcast. Guys, what's special about this particular Heathen Podcast? Oh, you're asking? I thought yeah. you were about to tell. Well, no. well, I was... There's a lot of special things about this episode. Um, the first is that you are bundled up in a 
winter jacket and a blanket. Because <laughs> we're outside. Oh, because we're outside. That's right. In That's nature. Right. We're recording in nature. <laughs> Nate, uh, well, we're under like an awning yeah, on the back kind porch. Of on the so, porch. you know, it's like semi natural. <laughs> it's winter in San Diego. So it's <laughs> 68 degrees outside and I'm yes. bundled up. <laughs> Pity us. Pity us. Mm, it's so cold, you guys. It hard. really is not even funny right now because it is so cold other places in this country. And, mm. and we're sorry. We're sorry. We're terrible people. Man. Sorry. Everything's relative. It's okay. Yeah. Even podcast, a place for terrible people. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> so what's happening, guys? <laughs> <laughs> what's guy? up, guests? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> To Heathen Podcast, Matthew Mitchell. Why, thank you. Um, it feels like we've done this before. <laughs> I think that's because we have. Oh, <laughs> that is correct. That is correct. This is round two. <laughs> Take two. Round two with Matthew Mitchell. Oh, um, <laughs> well, since we've done it once before, you know what's about to go down. So why don't we just dive right in and let you introduce yourself to the folks listening to this. You better be well prepared for this. I guess so. My goodness. (laughs) I've been uh, doing me for 44 years. Mm. So at this Mm. point, hopefully I've got my story kind of straight. One would hope. (laughs) And yet. Not quite 44, actually, in May of this year. Oh, when's your birthday? May 1st. Oh, mine's the 21st. Really? May Day birthday? May Day. Yeah, May Day is apropos, actually, at this point. (laughs) May Day. Tundra. That's funny. So, hi, heathens. This is such a tickle. I'm mm. so, like, tickled and um, pleased to be with you all. With you two and then mm. you all. <laughs> um, so, my name is Matthew Mitchell. And uh, where shall I begin? Maybe um, in the beginning. Very good place so, <laughs> <to start>. <laughs> <laughs> a Classic kind of evangelical story. Small town in California, raised as a Nazarene, ah. technically, after being baptized, actually, Southern Baptist in my mm. dad's church. My mother um, uh, raised in Ireland and immigrated here in 1969. My dad's a black man from Memphis, Tennessee. He was Southern Baptist. She was Catholic. I guess they thought that the natural in-between place was Nazarene folk, mm. but I don't know. <laughs> Somewhere after being baptized, the, the in, logic in the holds. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I think all the stomping and, and uh, coming into the church. You know, my mom, she's lovely in so many ways. But I, I think that the Nazarene Church ended up being a more um, palatable middle ground. Anyway, uh, Lompoc, California. Until I was eighteen, went to uh, Northern California, went to school, and left all my churchiness. Got super. Mm-hmm blackety black so i discovered all my that's a kind of, that's a deeper level of blackness yeah blacky. it's a real technical term okay. you gotta look that one up <laughs> I, I need to do some research on that one Google. <laughs> yeah you know i just i didn't have a ton of any you know black consciousness in my house my dad mm-hmm. i think was just doing what he was doing there wasn't that that thread of conversation in our mm-hmm. house but then when i went to northern california you know, I was at Davis, which is kind of proximal to Berkeley in that area. We had a lot of folks from the Bay at Davis, and uh, I was a part of uh, the black community while I was up there, and got real Huey P. Newtony, 
real Afrocentric, real, you know, Egypt is the beginning of all the things. Mm. And Christianity is just a reframing of things that have already been stated in the Book of the Dead and all that kind of thing. Mm. Um, but then, you know, I just did the typical collegiate stuff, explored all the the waterfront of spirituality and belief and faith and everything, really. And then um, fast forward, first job out of college finds me in Northern California. Actually, the job after that, I'm in the Bay and had kind of a, who am I? What am I supposed to be doing here? Like a relationship fell apart and had kind of my first real God moment around, oh, I think I'm supposed to be with this person mm-hmm. who happened to be my wife today that you all both know, Jessica. And um, it was so, I had a funny conversation with her, calling her and telling her that I was supposed to marry her because God said so. It was really interesting <laughs> for me at the time. Women take that well. Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it took some negotiating. <laughs> <laughs> but that eventually wound up, you know, that led to us being in San Diego. My sister was here with her then girlfriend, now wife, and we wanted to be close to them. Mm-hmm. So we moved to San Diego in 2002. And here I am, been doing this thing. We, we I think, religiously found ourselves most comfortable in the Episcopal setting. Mm. Um, they have a real open theology, as you know, and we were very kind of open and affirming in our position, but always long for this evangelical thing and then wound up by a series of events kind of in more progressive evangelical settings in San Diego, culminating mm-hmm. in the creation of Sojourn Grace Collective, where we all like to hang out these days and mm-hmm. do that churchy type thing. Yes. Was that enough of an intro? That's that was pretty good. Was that pretty good? That was kind of yeah, succinct was too, wasn't great. it? Yeah, like all the important plot points. Right. That's good. Let's talk about um, maybe just a little bit about your. Um, I mean, it's called deconstruction. You know. Oh yeah. Kind of that, that word's just always yes. an interesting one, but. Um, uh, well, I mean, you don't end up at Sojourn Grace because you're, you, uh, you know, recite the Apostles' Creed every, every week, <laughs> and <laughs> it's, it's a place you come yeah. after you do some things, I think. So, um, yeah. I don't know, is there anything in particular that you would like to... Yeah. Um, I think a couple things led to my disillusionment, let's say, or, or deconstruction. I don't have a problem with that. We can even mm. say that, right? The first one was, as I left from my hometown, the church I was involved with had a real kind of eruption of personalities and unhealthy stuff that just led to a real kind of like, wow, that's not what I want to be about. Right. And for me, at that stage of my walk, <laughs> that's funny language. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. Trigger warnings all around here, okay? How's your, I know, thank you. Go please, ahead. okay. How's your walk? Please, I know. How's your walk with the Lord? <laughs> uh, anyway, we're all just uh, dragging our baggage around. Anyway, excuse me, folk, okay? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best. But at that time, I, it was all about the people. In the personalities, and I think when that dissolved, I was it shook my whatever I thought was a faith container. Uh, went to school, like I said, and got a lot broader, kind of multinational, multi-parameter view of what faith could look like from all these different people that I ran across in school. And then I think my sister coming out as well, 
and knowing where the church stood in that and knowing how where I stood in that and my right. sister and my belief in her complete wholeness as a human being mm. was found myself at odds with the package I was given as mm. a system of faith. And um, so it was wonderful, actually, when we were getting ready to get married. Jessica wanted to get married in the church. She was much more kind of the Christianly aligned, if that's even a word. But I would have just as soon gotten married on the beach somewhere. But she wanted to do it in a church, and we that's how we walked into the Episcopalian kind of setting. And I was like, oh, there is an expansive, inclusive, affirming way to do this kind of Christian thing. Mm-hmm. So I love that. He actually, the guy there uh, at the time <clears throat> uh, introduced me to Marcus Borg, meeting Jesus again for the first time, which, you know, he's at one of these Jesus seminar characters. A lot of people, you know, would call him a heretic for in any way looking to see how many of the red letters might actually be true. That's kind of what the Jesus seminar folks did. Mm, yeah. But uh, his take on Jesus as a social revolutionary without, and this is kind of classic progressive Christianity, I guess, devoid of all of the miracles. Like, let's say that none of the miraculous stuff happened, just a social the commentary on society at the time, given context and his place in society as someone at the bottom and the outside, drew me a lot. I was I had a renewed vision for the Jesus thing. So Jesus kind of became my homeboy. And at the same time, all of the liturgy in the Episcopal setting, all of the rhythm, sit, stand, kneel, and the observance of the calendar, all the labyrinth and contemplative stuff, I got really into all that. Mm-hmm. Which actually led me to the... Uh, uh, Thich Nhat Hanh's place up here outside of Escondido, Deer Park and I have had some just beautiful kind of contemplative uh, moments with that community which I found really helpful so I used to call myself a Buddha Palian <laughs> which is kind of fun you know, but I was always yearning for that hallelujah in the back like the, 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 that feeling you know, resonate a lot with my Pentecostal brothers and sisters and folks that re- that kind of catch the spirit and have this visceral experience mm. of a connection with something bigger than what we might touch and feel on the regular every day. And so that part in me was always kind of stirring around like, man, it'd be great, you know, to find the, that, that middle place. But we always thought whenever we found a place that really got down like that, you had to check all of your... Yeah. cerebellum at the door you had to like totally shelve all of your theology and just stomach the fire insurance way of doing Christianity yeah. and um, so um, uh, which we really weren't willing to do so th- having finding kind of a progressive Christian community in this town when we did um, was a beautiful thing. I still remember being in the church. Two guys are holding hands. There's a cross above me. The music that I'm like contemporary feeling upbeat and the drum and the guitar and everything. And I'm like, I have found what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. This I will ride or die. Like I'm down for this right here. Yeah. So um, that's where we found ourselves now. Mm-hmm.
Do you remember your question yet? <laughs> no, it's gone. Oh, Give us a church lady. Oh, We're turning here. What just happened? Completely evaporated. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. I can talk ad nauseum. Okay, you don't we'll? even have to ask me any questions. We'll? My mother's Irish. I have the gift of the gab, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the gift of the gab. Well, good, because you need that for a podcast. Oh, all right. So uh, let's talk a little bit about the. Um, you talked about the the liturgy, the ritual, mm. the uh, contemplative stuff, and then of mm. course how that led you to becoming a Budapalian. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I deeply appreciate about you and what you bring to our community um, is are some of those practices and mm. the the pause button you put on uh, mm. our our times together. Mm. Um, even not uh, obviously at on Sunday mornings at the actual gathering mm. of our church, but also even it's just in today in the time that we've, we've hung out, like there was a moment where we were just hanging out on the back porch here and I just like closed my eyes and let you talk to me. Oh. <laughs> and it was, um, uh, mm. resetting, you know, kind of recentering and, and a reset. And, mm. um, so I, I don't know. Let's hear, about because one of the things that uh, mm. heathen is moving toward, mm. um, and we ha- we have been moving toward um, even in the last mm. season, is is focusing mm. not on just what went wrong <laughs> and mm. why everything, yeah, <laughs> why mm. our experiences um, so deeply scarred us in mm. so many ways, but also what are the ways that we have recovered? Where are the places we find hope and healing and mm. life and and beauty and um, um, what mm-hmm. what makes life whole? Mm-hmm. And uh, um, I mean, knowing you a little bit, I know that mm-hmm. that's a, a big part mm-hmm. of of all of like I, I know that all those practices mm-hmm. have meant something to you. So, mm-hmm. can we hear oh, yeah. why and how and yeah, I've and maybe some of the what sure, for sure yeah. for sure. So the one big um, why maybe. Uh, or at least position that I have <clears throat> is that it's possible to have, all that like personal relationship with Jesus, like the stuff mm-hmm. that's super triggering. Call it whatever you want. the The internal rearrangement, um, shift, change, transformation, all that stuff that people talk about, rebirth, born again, e type language. It's mm-hmm. hella triggering. I feel like has some grain of big T truth in it, at least from my own personal experience. I think there is the opportunity while alive and breathing and walking and sleeping here on this planet, we can enter into some kind of communion with a thing bigger than we think we are usually. Mm -hmm. So all of the like small S little me ego driven tendencies that humans seem to be afflicted with frequently. <laughs> I think, I think, and me included, yes. <laughs> me included, you know, I think have some, there is recourse. I think that there is help for that. And, um, in my experience, it's an internal journey and conversation and, and, um, making space to kind of get in touch with the still small voice. So, you know, that's, that's, uh, uh, Yes, my dear. Why do it? Well, I'm talking to the microphone here. I'm talking uh, to the heathens. Okay, how about in a couple minutes? I know, honey. How about in a little while? Jessie's going to come back. She'll turn it on for you. What? Jessie will be here in a minute and she'll turn it on for you. Oh. 
All right? It's just nice. It's nice and warm. It's nice and warm. Well, it's kind of cold. It looks warm, but it's quite chilly. It's okay. Sounds good. All right. I love you. I'll talk to you a little later. Is that okay? Yeah. All right. How are you doing? Great. Hi. Hi. How's mom? Mom's great, honey. Mom's great. Yeah, she's... Okay. Okay. All right. I said, I tried to get a Okay. I put a Oh, okay. All right. You got a bandage on your knee there? Yeah. All right. I just relax. All right, just relax. But I tell mom I thank you. Yes, that was very sweet of her. All right, Dee, I got I to gotta talk to them now. Okay. Love you. Love you. All right. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. So, uh, I wonder if we'll leave that in our heathen conversation, but that's my sweet sister-in-law, Danelle, and the conversation that Matthew and I were having um, earlier. You know, we've made a decision to blend our families. We have this multi-generational situation here, and... Um, the importance of having, you know, Danelle has Down syndrome. She's two years younger than I am. And um, the opportunity to welcome uh, interruption um, mm. and pause and mm. the other and inconvenience mm. um, is like a real divine yeah. uh, gift. So, you know, we've had to think about that with our two little people mm-hmm. who are used to being the center of everything. And, uh, you know, gr- Grandma, too, has her own, you know, um, needs and space that she takes up. And so blending our families was not a small consideration, but the gift <clears throat> of awareness and um, that that has brought to our space is really beautiful. So th- that pattern you saw of question and answer, like call and response thing that happens mm. with Danelle and I... Is happens every day, multiple times a day. Right. How are you doing? What are we doing for dinner? Mm-hmm. Today's Friday, which is Starbucks Day. Mm. It's warm out, so I want a cold chai tea. If it's cold, I want a warm chai tea. Mm-hmm. Chai tea latte with whipped cream and cinnamon on top is her jam. Mm-hmm. Um, if she gets a grande instead of tall, it's quite a treat. Mm. But all of these little moments um, of like love and particularly with Danelle I mean it's just the most unvarnished un like non premeditated pretensed expression of life mm. it's it's so so sweet <laughs> so sweet so um you know but even if you know don't have a Danelle in your life I, I think that um the opportunity to create space and the madness and the busyness and the sounds and stimuli of our typical American lives to kind of pause <laughs> has just been a reservoir for me. Yeah. A reservoir. Like, if I thought all that I'm experiencing out here was something like when I can kind of slow and like really orient internally and kind of breathe my way down past the uncomfortable things and into kind of like the still bottom it's just really something so 
And I, and I honestly think, you know, religions and spirituality, all the stuff that people seem to kind of lean towards, as you all know, right, aren't there just because someone wrote the rules real well. Right. You know, there's a direct experience, I think, that folks have that leads them to conclusions around the bigger thing. Um, so anything, you know, so, so that, that's one to your question, right? I just have had a few direct rich experiences in my life of, uh, the divine that really drive all the, whatever I'm doing. Mm -hmm. I think my context within America, within Christianity and a particular strain of it have then fueled other decisions. So I'm, I'm, I said this to you all earlier, I'm, uh, there's a part of me that is, uh, has it feels like sort of way some kind of way about how what we've done to the message of Christ in the context of organizing people and controlling and whatever we do with it you know the difference between what happens when someone says they're a Buddhist to you versus if they say they're a Christian to you and just how you bodily you know they tell you're a Buddhist like oh that's great you know tell you know so mindful and present and compassionate and you're a Christian and like oh man yeah. you're probably a bit mm. tribal and there's some rules about how you live that, are, that say that I suck. Yes. Mm. And a lot of white dudes that run your thing. Big. Yes. You know, <laughs> like man, like, so, you know, specific to that, then, um, I'm an Enneagram seven with an eight wing, you know, we go, go team. So I got all this like Peter Panny cheerleady. Yes, we can mixed with like, a healthy fuck you. <laughs> and, uh, so, you know, you. <laughs> so the, so I take all of the, like, not in my father's housey stuff. We were chatting about that too. And try my, 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 at least my call. It feels like I'm being asked, like, you know, to use old language again, like I feel like God is leading me into a place that is able to communicate to male privilege mm. for one. Cause I have been a, grown up boy in this country been programmed in all the fucked up ways mm -hmm. about what that means and who what my agency is and what I get to do and not do and I think that need, we need to talk um, respond more responsibly into those spaces because everywhere we look there are angry disconnected men laying waste to our world mm -hmm. in ways that I'm not down with and I think it, that needs a real healthy fuck you right. <laughs> you know not in my father's house maybe not fuck you you know that's kind of strong but you know what I'm saying and then around the race conversation, until we are able to locate Jesus on the ground with Mike Grant Brown and on the ground with Trayvon Martin and in the jail cell with Sandra Blonde, like until we're able to really see how the, those two experiences are one and the same, yeah. um, I think we're just doing a disservice to the whole damn message. Mm -hmm. So... That's where I find myself most moved these days. And I feel like because I'm this mixed race character and have had all this kind of access and opportunity and ability to kind of bridge mm -hmm. experience mm -hmm. and an appetite to do so. Oftentimes, you know, you have the brown person talk about the brown stuff and the brown person's like, who the hell? Like, why? You know, shit. Why? Right. <laughs> Y'all talk about it. You know what I mean? Like, I've got other things to do. Let's talk about gardening. Can we do that? <laughs> and, um, but I, I don't mind. You know, I feel um, a kind of call around it. Mm. And um, so... Yeah, those are my main, like, whatever, how to ground and, and provide 
better resourcing for you know self-identified men in, in the world yeah um and then that racial piece, you know, how do we better reconcile and consider and hold space for and regard and welcome, like I, we just did with the now here, you know, this, the other, mm-hmm. wherever we find the other. Um, those are just sing to me. and I, Those are songs I want to sing, you know, that's, right. that's what I want to be about. Um, mm. So that's my jam at the moment. So practically, though, so you were asking about some of the practice stuff, too. So my day-to-day looks like, so I'm into rhythms, heavy into rhythms, like dusk, dawn, night, day, yin, yang, the seasons, all of that rhythmic thing that happens on the planet, I feel like has information in it for us. So whether it's, you know, regarding shadow work, for instance, I just think we as people are all about the daytime, the stuff we can see, the light is the best spot. Everyone wants to be like, oh, <laughs> but we as humans have all sorts of unseen areas, like our relationship to sleep, to the taboo, to our own grief and emotions that people don't want to talk about or welcome in, like how we as whole humans integrate those places that we don't want to look. Mm. I think are really important. I think it's really important to figure out how to come into relationship with those things. And in the same way that we, as humans, are trying to integrate the, the chaos and pain and suffering in the world, until we can do that here with ourselves, um, I just think it'll be hard to see it actually manifest in the world. So for me personally, I try to stay close to some of my own bullshit, to my own pain, and, you know, so I end up doing, like, men's retreats or, you know, um, various meditative practices and things like this. My, my, my meditation game, I try to do – I'm great at starting the day. I try to end the day, too, and that one's harder. By the time you get in and kids and whatever, it seems like by the time the, the dishes are cleaned up and the kids are asleep, I'm just like, night-night. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but my hope, my goal – where I'm at right now is really looking for ways to welcome the evening, to transition into the darkness better, mm-hmm. to go to sleep well, to create good practice there. That's been a crux for me. I've always, I've operated probably typical to a lot of folks of like more is more, more is better and right. sleep sucks. And it's, it's a like, who needs it? Yeah. Who needs it? And, um, you know, Sooner or later, that catches up, as has been told to me often, and I'm now starting to really feel. So really welcoming all the repair and reflection and stuff that happens when you're asleep, which I think is mm. richer than we understand, mm. but really like letting sleep be an integral. Like I, What I would love to do, the way I'm trying to orient, is that when the sun sets is the start of the next day. Mm-hmm. That that's actually like that dusk period, that transition, is when my mind, when I should be already in tomorrow, essentially. I think mm. uh, Jewish folks, the Hebrews, I think actually often consider that, like that when the sun went down, that was the end of the day mm. and the start of the next day. Mm. That the, it started in the darkness. Mm. And um, wow. so um, that's, I'm trying to p- put practice in there. But there's a gal named Carolyn Mice, M-Y-S-S, that's like, a spiritual intuitive. She does a lot of kind of chakra based work. Mm. And I find, you know, so my 20 minute practice in the morning is usually a sit 
and I do seven breaths per chakra. Mm -hmm. And there's just whatever's in that chakra conversation I find really helpful, you know. And so I start from the root and come up and breathe. And so the bottom two are like root and sacral, I believe it is. Which and, and each one is like there's there's three pairs there's three du- pairs so that the bottom there's two in the bottom mm-hmm. there's like ground mm-hmm. and then like relationship which you think it right it's like your pelvic area huh. like this number two is like sacral then there's the gut which is you the person and the heart which is you in relationship mm-hmm. and then there's your throat which is your decision making and like your like um, intentionality which is where you ultimately for me is surrendering to God saying Thy will be done so mm-hmm. but that. Will we talk? We hear about that a lot in Christianity, like your will, turn your life over to Jesus. Like that decision making, though, I think is really powerful when you say yes to the to the bigger thing mm-hmm. and get out of the way and 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 welcome in what's really going on and get your little self out of the way. So this is kind of when you move out of your heart space into kind of that throat level fifth chakra. That that is a lot of power. That's where you say yes and say no. And really actualize a larger concept, and then you know, third eye kind of sixth chakra is, has more to do with then being open to wisdom and like. So this was the decision to open the door, and now the door is open. So that's like insight for me. And then the one at the top is just like, oh, like all the, you know, that that's that's all realized. You know, here we are, la la la. So I I actually intentionally try to open those up and breathe into them seven times and mm-hmm. really think about. Well, not think as much as possible, I guess, but kind of tonally or vibratorily or somehow with some intention hold space for those um, components. Mm. And they feel, I mean, it's really helpful. <laughs> it really feels grounding and restorative and that, like it connects me to something that's really, really true mm. and can then bolster my day against you know so because left to my own devices i'm just like some separate and insufficient person on the planet trying my best to survive Mm -hmm. and operating out of that little you know madness and crazy brain gets me in all sorts of trouble Mm -hmm. (laughs) like in all sorts of strategies to defend that right Right. but trying to shift into this loved and undefended place where you know I am connected and like we used to say in Sojourn, love liberated and empowered. Like yeah. there's something about like the recognition that I'm loved that leads to liberation, and then you can like do some yeah. shit. Like here I go, yeah. you know. And um, so I'm all I'm loving that kind of space, and that's noticeable for me if I fall off that wagon or I'm not really on my intentional game. Then I, you know, old habits die hard. Mm-hmm. You know, wow. you can get right back into the fights and squabs and then jessica you know we were talking about this earlier today where where i'm finding a lot um of also practical help along these lines is in kind of the intimate relationship space Hmm. where so much of all this crap comes up right when you you know we all drag the baggage of all of our nuclear situations into our the people that we choose Usually wanting those people to help fix the shit that happened when we were little, right. somehow or some way. Yeah. So I can see in Jessica, like, components, things that are familiar about my family of origin 
for sure, and likewise for her. Right? Like mm-hmm. I, rep- I look in many ways. I have parts of her dad and parts of her mom. Mm. Yeah. You know, and likewise. You have that moment where you realize you're not arguing with your partner. Yes, with the you, ghost of a exactly. Old story. Exactly. Yeah. And so, how to escape that? Like break those cycles mm-hmm. and get out of the victimized small self that needs you to fix me. Right. And is so craving in my egoic need for you to be a certain way so one thing like for us we used to talk about this need allergy i used to have like a well i probably still do like a need allergy so if she would show up with like needing stuff yeah whatever was in me around whatever story i had about my insufficiency or inability to meet some demand or something would just go offline like even just like you all might have seen a little piece of it when she was asking for help setting up like instagram and stuff Mm -hmm. and i was remember and I, I, there's like you can feel some of my resistance right yeah. and uh and Karen's like oh we just sit down and we can do it all wow like there's part that's some story about me mm-hmm. like I need her to be functional at a certain level so I feel like I'm functional at a certain mm-hmm. level and if she's not it challenges my own functionality mm-hmm. and so the work I have is to come into my own understanding of she's separate right. how she functions doesn't mean that I suck She's a beautiful human being with all the different wrinkles and shit that I have. Mm-hmm. And I can stand in my full humanity mm-hmm. and have space for that and respond from a place that's not like translating her need for something as like my insufficiency. Mm-hmm. It's weird, right? Like it's a little bit, but it's it's so legit. It's you know? so legit. Yeah. I, 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 mm. I have sorry, I'm, mm. I'm I'm hesitant to interrupt your your flow because <laughs> you have the cadence at which you speak and the Rest flow of your voice. It is. I'm, yeah. I'm actually just like sitting back and like letting your words also, fall like, over me. A knack for like I'll think a question I would ask and then you yeah. just go ahead and answer it. Yeah. Like, right, sweet. yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're not needed here, Karen. Right. Happy to a Let's just turn on the turn on the mics and walk out of the room. We'll come back. The whole season is just done. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, close my eyes. <laughs> but I just, I'm just deeply appreciating that mm. point in particular because I also have mm. a need allergy, mm. and I'm I'm eight wing seven, so mm. you know we're, we're kind of mm, the, little, the mirror here. Um, yeah. And uh, and my best friend is a Enneagram six, yeah. and, and I've talked, yes. I've actually talked with Jess, with your wife, about. Um, uh, my interactions with her on Sunday mornings yeah. we lead music together yeah. at Sojo and my interactions with my best friend and it's it's like oh yeah like, oh, like the, I, it's real you're so oh, right man. and I haven't ever even thought about it in yeah. counseling it in, the, in those terms about um, look how, how to how to um, like realizing that that's a thing for me to yeah. process yeah like, that's my oh, story oh, that's like, my story ooh. Yeah, that's not about you. Goodness. Like you know, I'm just displacing my own discomfort with ma- a piece of me right. onto yeah, you, right. making you the scapegoat, making you the one that's to blame, and wow. doing this like blame game thing. And so there's there's people like Carolyn actually says that too. The, the chakra lady, like no one, my life is no one's fault. Mm. Mm-hmm. And being able to really enter into that, like really, like if 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 I reframe my earthly parental situation and get into real child of God's place mm. and re- get reparented and re-identified, it's a real upgrade of the software. Mm. So the operating system that says, I need, I need, I need, I need, help me, help me, help me, help me, oh my God, I might die and I don't get it, right. gets, flo- gets into like, oh no, if there's nowhere that God is not, mm. God's right here. Yeah. 
and it's some spooky shit, right? Yeah. Like to if, if, to the extent that I can think and be conscious and intentional and per, and do this love thing that we're doing. Right. Imagine then this is, you know what I mean? Like we're yeah. in the thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So right. then you're functioning at causation, and that like, and in that creative space we were talking about that's so beautiful, where you it's all just possible and graceful mm. and spacious and like, oh yeah, sure, yeah. oh yeah, sure. Sure. Right. You know, what am I? There's nothing to protect or defend. You're yeah. just like, gift. That's so interesting because I was in a space this week um, where I was wrestling with a lot of that, like for the first time in a long time. And I think that, like, what you just hit on is really why I was feeling kind of defensive because mm-hmm. there was so much of this language about, uh, like, if you remain in God, God remains in you. Like, mm-hmm. just this idea of, like, this, if you mm-hmm. have to do a thing, mm-hmm. you've got to do the thing, do the thing to mm-hmm. stay in the thing. Be the thing to stay in the thing, and there's part of me now, having stepped into the kind of this way of living that is like you don't have to do a thing to be in the thing. You're just in the thing. Like do whatever the fuck you yeah, need yeah, to do. Yeah, You're yeah, just in the thing. Yeah, yeah. And experiencing kind of this yeah. abundance mindset that comes yeah, from that. Like yeah. you want to talk yeah. prosperity gospel. Yeah, like I feel yeah, like that's yes, where your origin yes, of that really is. Yes. Because then there's just enough when you don't have to fight for this yes. thing. Um, yeah. And I think that's that's that resistance point in me mm-hmm. now that just says no, mm-hmm. like no, like, mm-hmm. because there is mm-hmm. there's so much in that mm-hmm. that oh no I can't get away from the thing. Mm-hmm. If there is a thing, yeah, that's big enough to be the mm-hmm. thing, mm-hmm. I can't get out of the mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Like my little action is not yeah. going to take me out of the not thing. Not at all. There's such freedom in that, and like then you've mm-hmm. got enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's real good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like That's Colby. Song yeah, in there too. Mm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was funny because what? So Colby did that talk on Sunday about grace dissolves deserve, mm-hmm. which yeah. is so dope, right? Yeah. Like totally removes the hustle, need, and all this like I need to prove my worth stuff. And then um, we were outside, and Nathaniel did something. My son that was not appropriate. My daughter comes up to tell me, mm-hmm. like, and then I didn't respond <laughs> like with enough parental guidance or something. And right. she walks off, and I was standing with someone. I said, "Grace dissolves discipline." Done. <laughs> 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 <It's not, laughs> I was like, "Oh no, that's not how it goes. It's not not how it works." Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Uh, we still have to do something, you know, I suppose. Yes, but that's but you know what though in that. Is a thing, though, because I think it's easy to get all woo-woo mm-hmm. and spirit-like focused and let's just stay in this abundant, grace-filled place where right. it's all good and, you know, you have no problems or are no problems, which I, we never want to be in that place where we don't show up right alongside the shit that's hard right. and what's painful and where people are having real Oof. trials that both end and mm-hmm. hold, like, the paradox of that reality mm-hmm. that suffering is and God is. Mm-hmm. And we, I don't get it, but it's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you know, so there are rules to shit. You know, like you gotta, you know, if I walk in front of the train, I'm probably gonna die. You know what I mean? Like there's, we're in a material environment where yeah. you, yeah. you gotta, you know, and and and, and the rules are helpful and good. Right. And so. I love that. You said yeah. God and suffering. God is and suffering is. Mm. I always say beauty and pain. There will mm-hmm. be beauty and there will be yeah. pain. Those two things, I'm sure. Yeah. And they'll forget yeah. before. But yeah. I think there's also something really restful mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. the sureness of that. Like that in yeah. and of itself is a beautiful mm-hmm. meditation. God is and mm-hmm. suffering is. Mm-hmm. Just. It's, I always end up comparing it to like childbirth. 
that the pain of that situation and the beauty that comes out is encapsulate and I of course speak from total ignorance other than observing but like it speaks to the situation we're in Hmm. I think that the creative process the creative friction there is you know the taste and of gratitude and appreciation for what's happening I think is bolstered by is informed by the the close proximity of the like there but for the grace of God go I situation mm-hmm. of the like actually it has also sucked yeah. or I've you know I've had to go through spots that have created this awareness for me mm. um I don't know. There's something. There's something like redeemed, or redeemable about suffering. Yeah. I, I think it is a doorway into a new, a different kind of joy or another kind of like appreciation. Were it not for the suffering, you wouldn't get. You know, yeah. you'd feel like you. I don't, I don't know. That makes sense to me somewhere. It, it does, and maybe that's actually a segue into talking about. Uh, so the reason we're recording mm. a second. Mm. <laughs> Uh, conversation yeah. together is because the first time um, w- during the course of our conversation yeah. we found out like while the while we were recording <laughs> you, you revealed to oh, us yeah, uh, you know, this like massive life change that you yeah. were undergoing this liberation yeah. <laughs> and um and, yeah. and and you know we kind of circled back and thought you know like you, you were in a headspace yeah. that day that that maybe was not the one that you wanted to reflect on the record necessarily yeah. so Speaking of suffering and, and yeah. childbirth and like mm, going through mm. going through it and then what what comes out of it, mm. I mean I just I I'm, I basically just want to make sure that we give you opportunity to talk about um, what you're doing mm. and mm. you've touched on on some mm. of the masculinity work mm. and and, mm. and working in intimate partnerships, yeah. but like do you want to take this and we, we, I can cut all of this sure, out? If, yeah, if you sure. Don't it on this no, road, yeah. Would no, you like to take this um, opportunity to? Yeah, Tell us about sure. That. So, you know, I feel like for a number of years, and, and there, there are multiple threads kind of converging at the same time. So one important context is I am 44. I am having a clear midlife classic, like all my strategies for being me have taken me so far, and I now need new ones mm-hmm. to take me the rest of the way because it's clear that, you know, all the things I was told and taught aren't the total truth <laughs> right. the whole truth what? so you know, you, know, you know exactly as, as we as the heathen folk know right the people are probably mm-hmm. chuckling like yeah we get that but um, yeah so you know I've been I, I pursued um, you know an undergraduate degree in biochemistry and a master's in chemistry and did all these things to pursue um, productive vocation on top of that education I thought I wanted to be a doctor and ended up in kind of biotech and doing business commercial stuff, like corporate guy. Became a corporate dude, right? Mm-hmm. And um, negotiating contracts and things while in parallel being this kind of Jesus-oriented Christian kind of talking a lot about faith and uh, flourishing life. Mm-hmm. And... I know it's very possible to live that out in all kinds of contexts. People are called in all sorts of directions. So I don't want to indicate that you can't be in your right mind and fully integrated and whole as a person going to work nine to five at Starbucks every day. 
Like that's right. a thing mm. that's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And can be a total, you know, like demonstration of your right mindedness. So I'm not saying that, but for for me, there was a clear kind of you know, bilateral. There, I was having a hard time putting them both together. Mm. And ended up doing diversity and inclusion work kind of this last 18 months at my job, in addition to my regular job, and it lit me all on fire. Yeah. The opportunity to talk about equity yeah. uh, and what it looks like in our capitalistic kind of corporate structures. And it was like civil rights work. Now, it was yeah. wholly insufficient. It felt very limited. It didn't feel real inspiring in terms of what they were willing to do. But to be given the space to have the conversation and to show up for, you know, oftentimes women and people of color and, you know, mm-hmm. all our people was like, oh, man, this I want to do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the end of the day, my organization didn't have a lot of dollars to put into wanting to do any more of that. And yeah. I was clear about what I wanted to do. They were clear about what they wanted to do. And so we separated ways, right? There was a restructuring in my, my organization. And along with two other guys, we were let go. And the reason I, you know, I've said to multiple people, you should congratulate me, and it is a liberation. Because I think in many ways I've pulled this situation into my experience. Because <laughs> I've said, overtly or implicitly, that I am going in a different direction yeah. by the decisions that I've made and the choices I've made. So I welcome it. And, uh, and it's, it's been, it's what has allowed us to be in the place we're sitting in right now. And so many other things have come from that experience. And so now, though, I have, you know, this space, this pause. I don't have a ton of financial pressure. I have some, but I have a beautiful opportunity to rethink kind of like mm-hmm. how to integrate as a person. So as I've been here making breakfast for the kids and being present for drop-offs and like returns and spacious and thoughtful and creative and reflective, it's just been so good. Like So, and... and now I feel like I can integrate the things that I have done around exploring my own internal landscape and the things that Jessica and I have been through as a couple and what I feel like I'm actually here to do. When people have asked me, you know, who are you and why are you here? I have like a mission statement, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I will say I'm a child of God here to reduce suffering and promote healing by encouraging people to live in their purpose on purpose. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing I get so lit up when I see people doing what they're here to do. Like almost when you watch the Olympics. Like you know how we watch the Olympics mm-hmm. and we're like, damn, they're good. Yeah. Like, you know, you see someone living right into what they are here to do. Like this they're just singular mm-hmm. conscious pursuit of a thing, you know, just like in it, in the arena. And you know, whether it's dancers or ice skaters, artists, you know, just this, that's that space of like faith. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm going all in on this thing. I love it so much. Mm. I love it so much. And I think my seven personality just wires me for cheerleading. And I always have been that person that's been like, yes, yes, I see you and I love it and do yeah. more of it. So I'm in the middle of this kind of transition to really create more space in my life to do that. So whether that's, you know, some sort of coaching endeavor or what it is, I'm still honing that, right? Yeah. So it may straddle for a little while and live in a corporate context as, like, a leadership development kind of personality, helping people be more full mm-hmm. and and uh, 
EQ, you know, within a corporate world or, um, you know, then these other conversations that we want to have around coupleship and, and, you know, more healthy masculinity. Yeah. The coupleship thing I will say, so Jess, that I am excited about because, and I, I was saying to Jess, we should just both sit on the podcast. She's like, well, no, my wife is a six. So there's, you know, <laughs> the, the joke you just made earlier, yeah. you know, when we're at our healthiest, the, her depth of preparation and assessment and kind of covering all the bases mixed with my like, let's, yes, we can, let's leap and get it is a beautiful thing. Hmm. But my impromptu recommendation that she said here was a little too quick. (laughs) 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 So we'll have to come back and do that. But in a nutshell, you know, um, and we were talking about this before too, those spaces we think that we've stumbled onto a little bit of something like some, some grist for the mill or fuel for the fire, whatever the hell sort of analogy I need to say to illustrate that the intimate partnering dynamic is unique in its window into your shit. Mm-hmm. And the more we can take that shit and turn it into fertilizer for growth, I just think that we can do it. I think there's windows into your own racket and bullshit that you can use to accelerate your growth. And ways that are that just you don't get in regular world when you're walking around being nice to your barista, you know they don't get to see your bullshit, but yeah. your per, your people get to see your bullshit. And if you can together yeah. decide, we're gonna we're gonna steer towards a thing. We're gonna we're, let's agree on this high water mark over here and mm-hmm. some basics around who we think we actually are, and live into that. Yeah. And man, there's like a there's like some rhythm and some real like evolving and maturing that's possible i think when two people that whole we're two or more gathered shit right. you know when you get two folks together agreeing there's some beautiful shit there mm. so we would love i think to you know in my mind i, I see it as like you know conscious coupling as the crucible to Christ consciousness or some shit. <laughs> that was too much. Too much. That was way too many words. I love it. I love it so much. Please, please do. Please do. Please do. Please do. I, uh, I, I can't help but alliterate everything. It's kind of hokey. It's so I mean, hokey. It's hokey, but I yeah, just. You're talking is, to the right people. Yeah, we're not? Fine. Okay, all right. We have a heathen haberdashery. Oh, do you? <laughs> yeah, we sure do. That's our, that's our store. Do you really? Yeah. Oh, of course you do. See, it heathen works, ho- though. We got heathen haberdashery. See, we've Thank talked you. about a heathen holiday. Okay, okay. Someday. I have come home. Yeah. This is my. You're lane. amongst I friends. Love it. Yes. I love it's it. Fine. So the yeah. so that piece at least yeah. the um, the kind of intimate partnership piece mm-hmm. may be live relatively soon. Maybe even yes. this episode oh, goes live. Yes. So I'll just say that folks yes. go check our go check the um, information in our uh, the 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 show what notes. You, what do you thank you? Yes. <laughs> check the show notes for this episode because and here's a question: Is yeah. that is that uh, work going to be only face to face in person here in San Diego? Or are you going to do like we're going to Zoom? Yeah, you can great global. So global, globally, mm. anybody listening to this, go mm. go check out. Uh, we'll put links to all yeah. of that in the show notes. Technology. Beloved cool. Together is what it's called. Beloved mm. Together dot com. Love it too. Mm. I would like. I want to mm. ask you an old school. I want to derail, but I want to ask oh. you an old school like yeah. heathen season heathen season one yeah. question. Yeah. <laughs> Um, when you say God is and suffering is, or when you say you're a child yeah. of God, what does that word mean to you now, God? 
It's an impossible oh, to say one question. You know, so I'm a fan of Michael uh, Beckwith, who runs uh, an organization called Agape in Los Angeles. He's kind of a new thoughty kind of guy mm-hmm. and refers to this charged word of God as loving intelligence. Mm-hmm. And that really resonates for me. And, you know, in my current place, you know, I, I think I talk a lot about non-duality, um, but for me it, it moves in duality. So those rhythms that I was referring to before and this kind of yin and yang-iness and light and dark and the way we just keep going around this, you know, ball of fire in the sky, there's something in that that um, really speaks to me. So I find God in... You know, I, I use masculine and feminine language, which is totally can be triggering. I get it. It is fraught with sort of landmines, right? Mm-hmm. But something in the way, what you can call it polarity. So this polarity, call it, you know, that we witness in the world, um, this rhythm, this this ebb and flow. It can be tidal. It can be day by day, in breath, out breath like this rhythmic heart beating kind of moving intelligent thing that feels compassionate and pervasive and present is um as close as I can get to it I think you know I it, there, uh, clearly without you know no without any sectarian denominational you know, exclusivity. I cannot get my brain around any of that bullshit. So all the rivers run to the ocean. Mm-hmm. And um, so I really am at rest and at ease and kind of, in, in, in kind of that, I guess. Does that get anywhere close to it? I love it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, mm. can we get anywhere? <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, see now, here's the thing. I think we can. Yeah? Yeah, I think that we can get out of some of the, like, total mystery and into a little direct experience. Mm. Like, it's a little closer mm. to something real that we can, you know, because those... I might have already said this, but the people, they were following this crazy human being, forget resurrection stuff, we're having some direct, ex- we're having an experience. Yeah. We're having some kind of like, oh shit, I'm with that. Right. Yeah. Right. Like whatever that is, I am feeling transformed. Mm-hmm. There's some shit happening. I feel like a new person and like I'm willing to die because right. mm-hmm. I identify in a way that I'm, I'm sold out, I'm all in. Right. Like, so... I don't think that's just people writing good words and good songs. Yeah. <laughs> right. I don't. I think it's it's um actual felt experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. The um we we were talking earlier today about Jesus and mm. about like the um you guys laid out a beautiful mm. understanding for me of mm. the difference between the um 
Blood of the Lamb style Jesus. Yeah, Blood of the Lamb, <laughs> the resurrected Jesus, yeah. the the Savior, yeah. the Messiah incarnate. That, yeah. You know all of that, and then the Christ consciousness that you've you've yeah. been touching on this whole conversation. Yeah. And um, you talked a little bit, and maybe I'll, I'll just let you do that again. Yeah. Um, a, a little bit about the. Well, it, it, it the, the fuck you. You, yeah. you started with this conversation yeah. actually about. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna. Yeah. Yeah, let well, I'm, you, I'm, I'm yeah, turning it. I'm turning sure. it back over to you because you do this better than me. Sure, um, sure. Wind <laughs> <laughs> uh, it up. Yes. All right. High love. All right. Here we go. <laughs> um, yeah. So in that conversation, I think we were saying, how did we come to it? Oh, yeah. Just the basic differential there. I um, believe strongly in the wisdom that Jesus was trying to communicate. And I think that there was something like what you might want to describe as salvation in there. Mm -hmm. Some sort of freedom in there from the plagues of basic ass struggle. I think there is that some... Is uh, <laughs> the title of the episode. <laughs> the plagues of basic right there. It always reveals itself. The conversation always reveals itself. That's great. But right there, you've already done something for me, personally, and as someone who grew up with Jesus. You've already, you've already done something. I believe that the wisdom that Jesus was trying to convey... Mm. You know, leads us to this mm. this redemption from basic mm. ass struggle. Like mm. that is a different, mm. entirely different approach. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that is not. I need yeah. to be saved from yeah. my sin nature. Yes. That yes. is a different thing. Yeah. That, that, that uh, and, yeah. and and somebody like me can, yeah. Yeah. if I'm listening, if I yeah. if I push pause and I don't get turned off immediately yeah. right away by the word Jesus itself, yeah. Yeah. then I I'm, I'm yeah. like oh. Mm. Uh, so if there tell was, me more. Oh, so, so here's so, so, like, let me say a little more. Let me say like a little news. more. <laughs> sounds like good news. <laughs> I think it is. I think, so so there's a few Greek words that we've thrown around in our little community here not too uh, long ago. Like so, moving the sin conversation into like. Hamartia, mm-hmm. mm. missing the mark. God, I love that. And not so like much. just damnation, like that was just crucial. Oh, God. Yeah. And then there's two others this metanoia, which is this born again conversion thing, and then yeah. kenosis. Those encapsulate a lot for me around what I think the wisdom was getting towards. So in Hamartia, yes, there's all this unconscious stuff we do where we make mistakes. And do things that we think, oh shit! On reflection, maybe I would have done that differently. That's just like how we go from crawling to walking to running. Like that's right. just engineered. And even when we're older, we just that's we're in constant learners, constant learner mode. But the, an ability to imbue that with a real compassion for both ourselves and other people, and be willing to say I'm sorry and and atone. Mm-hmm. So atone is like atonement. I, integrate is at one mint Mm -hmm. so the more I'm able to kind of Mm. align my mind with my source and feel much more connected and uh, to God that at one mint feeling metanoia then leads to outpour 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 Mm -hmm. I atone and then I can forgive and give and give in advance that's how I translate forgive all day long so 
those kinds of, you know, like I and the Father are one and you'll do greater things than I will, all that stuff is just so rich with mm-hmm. opportunity for for empowerment and transformation of what the hell we're doing so we get out of all this tribalistic whose fault is it, mine, not yours, ego-driven bullshit. Yeah. Like, look, at what are we doing? We know we can do better than yeah. this. So that, and then I think, you know, in the, in the black community, I was saying to you all earlier, like, you know, the 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 N word that we like to, you know, that's so radioactive in our environments mm. was used, and, and, and rightfully so, to abase people for a long time. And that same community has taken that word back mm-hmm. and changed it. And I have I use it from time to time with people that I love from the top of their head to the mm. bottom of their feet. Yeah. Like and and and, and there are plenty of black folks that will disagree with me yep. about the, the, whether or not the word should be used at all. Yeah. But for me, the redemption of the thing, the resurrection of the thing, the transformation of the thing, the reclamation of the damn thing, is important in the same way. And I and I and I and I. Analogize it to Jesus in the temple, saying, "Not in my Father's house." Like, what are you doing? No, mm-hmm. not like this. So, so yes, I, I find myself culturally and evangelical in North America with a certain heritage, and I can make the decision to either just jettison it, start from scratch, back to the drawing board. Or reclaim it, and I'm inclined to reclaim it these days. I have, a, I find a lot of juice and strength for the good fight in the message, and and um, yeah, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. So the so so being able to say no on the solid ground of who you actually are and the love of God and the ultimate inclusivity of the person that may even be doing the stupid shit. But still, like we do with our children and people that we love, when we say, no, this doesn't work for me. Mm. It's just so important. Mm. The, 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 um, I get into hero's journey type stuff. So, so this four-part rhythm, you know, you guys like, won't shut up about it. I'm into these four parts. The incarnation, crucifixion, resurrection, and then Pentecost or outpour at the end is the same thing as fall, winter, spring, summer. So that rhythm is woven, I think, into everything. Hmm. And uh, an important part of the Jesus story was incarnation, which is embodiment and coming into like your own ego person. I'm a separate thing here walking. Here I am. Yeah crucifixion is dying to some of that to getting right up close to like oh shit I think I'm going to die and none of this is working and then you can get out to the other side into resurrection and live the life after the near death and be mm. like oh shit I didn't die that's the springtime and then and you just pour out summer of your life you just fucking and so you can do at different stages of those at any areas of your life the, the Alexander um, Shia does a lot of work in looking at the four gospels in the same lens um, so Boundaries, which we're talking about, I think, come up in some of that incarnate aspect of mm-hmm. I am a I am a thing. Yeah. I exist. And stand right here. I love hip hop so much for this. Like every sentence every rapper says starts with I. Mm-hmm. And for people who have come out of some shit 
to be able to stand resurrected or stand in the middle of like their incarnated selves and project a better, brighter thing and the shit that they manifest and pull in just based on straight swag or like misdirected as it might be as misogynistic and fucked up and violent as it can be often. The 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 base note of selfhood mm-hmm. yeah. for me is like legit. Like it's beautiful. It's beautiful. You know? And I think it's important that we're all able to stand on the solid ground of who we know ourselves to be and move from that place. Mm-hmm. And then when we give that up, we really know what we're laying down. We really know like like I'm I'm here and I'm gone. Yeah. And um Mm, there's like some some (laughs) shit in there people (laughs) I'm telling you Um, the bass note of mm, selfhood is a really good mm, runner up mm, (laughs) you you gotta stop soon because we have too many names oh okay alright okay (laughs) alright well um, we we can dismount what do you want to do I I, I, I think it yeah I do kind of want to I think this is a fantastic place to stop because mm. I want to leave people wanting more and mm. I know we're circling back again. Yeah. This is not certainly not the last time we're going to have these conversations. Yes. For lots of reasons. Um, <laughs> wink, 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 wink. Hint, hint, hint. Hang on. I just winked but. my microphone as though that were going to translate to the audio recording. I was translating I your wink, wink, actually. I, I spoke about your wink. Yeah. I heard that. <laughs> But um, but well, so so two more things. And Karen, if there's anything you want to wrap up with, too, don't let me wrap wrap it up before you get a chance to. But um, cool. Um, first of all, I just want to say thank you yeah. for, on behalf of me and on behalf of everybody listening who probably wants to say that to you right now. Um, first of all, thank you for giving us your space today, like yeah. totally oh, taking us into your home please, and yes. like letting letting me uh, letting me listen to you mm. bang on a drum and just <laughs> speak to my soul. This has been a really helpful mm. restorative day. I'm in a new mm. rhythm, as you know. Like uh, I, I've now got yeah. these these Fridays that I'm going to be using. Mm. I finally, like <laughs> got a little bit of flexibility flexibility in my schedule, mm. so my Fridays are being dedicated to this this work and some other like personal mm. projects. So this has been a phenomenal first one mm-hmm. for me. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you for everything you do, mm-hmm. all that you bring and mm-hmm. <laughs> the yes, space you create a seven who creates space for other people. Like, wow. It <laughs> <laughs> took a while. Wow. took 44 years. Though. <laughs> it's good. You're, you do, you do it well. And so I think a really awesome way to, and if you'll let me put you on the spot, mm. would be um, for you to take us out of here with a guided meditation. Just a, a brief oh, thing, if you yeah. are willing. Oh, I love that. If you're willing to do Well, let's so we got to see if Karen wants to say anything, yeah. but I'll totally be down for that. I am here for the guided meditation like mm. that. I mean, yeah. you know I love you. You know yeah. how that all works. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I'm not worried about you. Go ahead. Oh, my goodness. Well, uh, as I like to say... Uh, if you're not here yet, come here. <laughs> um, and by here, I mean present to exactly what's happening in this moment. Which includes breathing. Uh, you may notice the temperature uh, where your body is at if you're standing or driving 
your life. is an unbroken chain of breaths. And so that as an anchor to who we are is a beautiful place to walk into right now. Just noticing the breather Just that act of noticing, of awareness, brings your attention to your body. would be to notice and open so the shoulder might be tight or you might be clenching internally nerves and muscles beside your eyes might be a little tense. And the invitation is to breathe into those places. And let them be open and spacious soft you may hear sounds around you one invitation would be to and addition to hearing the sound can you become aware of the canvas the blank place that the sound is coming from or existing in is coming in and out of space so the more we're able to invite space and be conscious of the space 
that is itself a thing. The more we come home. the more we anchor and ground ourselves. And the infinite, timeless beauty of the present moment. So from love, in love and with love I thank you mm. bye for now Thanks for listening to Heathen. We're here every week. And in the meantime, if you miss us, you can find us in the following ways. Follow at Heathen Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Send us an email at askheathen at gmail.com, especially if you have feedback or ideas for future episodes. Leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, and that helps other people find Heathen. And if you'd like to contribute to this community for people who need a soft place to land as they move away from bad religion, you can support Heathen on Patreon at patreon.com slash heathenpodcast. Well, thank you for your support with exclusive bonus content, which you know is going to be freaking awesome. Wherever you find yourself in this space of godless spirituality, spiritual godlessness, or anywhere in between, you're not alone. We're glad you're here. Here's to the heathens. Heathens.